WHHHFM Speedway W286CN Available in Broadcasting from the Isaac and Isaacs We win.com Injury Lawyer Studio It's the show where Indy comes to top Open lines with Indy's newsman Cameron Riddle Hold up And good morning to you, Indianapolis. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, coming to you live from the hot 100.9, almost said the other one, and 106.7 WTLC Studios in downtown Indianapolis on this Sunday, September 18th, 2022. Happy Sunday to you. Good morning to you. It is a beautiful day outside this morning, 62 degrees in downtown Indy. And it is going to be a good week. This past week had a lot of news, and some of the headlines came from the state's second largest school district. Indianapolis Public Schools has announced a drastic plan that could bring some big changes to the state's second largest school district, Indianapolis' largest school district right here in central Indiana. There is a big plan that just was released and announced during uh, Superintendent Alicia Johnson's state of the district report that happened on this past Tuesday. And of course, a lot of people are talking about it because this is one of the biggest and most drastic changes that the school district will have seen in several years. Some folks are saying, hey, this is long overdue and this is what we need. And of course, other folks are reacting and saying this is not what we need because Part of the plan does include closing some schools, but you can't just look at things halfway. You got to look at the other side where there is also this same proposal. While it calls for closing some schools, it also calls for reopening some schools, including Broad Ripple High School, turning it into a middle school. Of course, many of you remember Broad Ripple, the closing of Broad Ripple High was a big deal as that is a lot of people's uh, alma mater, the school that they graduated from. So in addition to reopening some schools, some schools will get knocked down and completely rebuilt. When is the last time you heard that happening inside of the IPS school district? So all this morning here on Open Lines, we'll get a chance to just talk about this and react. I I don't have Alicia Johnson coming on today. I didn't invite her uh, because I just want to talk, just want to get your guys' reaction. And then later, I would like to get the chance to get uh, Ms. Johnson here on the show. Uh, and, and if she's listening this morning, guys, this is just one of many opportunities. She'll be listening to the community and what it is you guys have to say. There are a number of public information meetings where you get to sound off and let IPS know what you think of this plan, which they are calling Rebuilding Stronger. It's the IPS Rebuilding Stronger plan. And if you already have not done so, go over to Chalkbeat. Chalkbeat.org, the education uh, reporting website, that is all they do. And reporter Amelia Pack Harvey has done just some tremendous work on 
keeping us up to date piece by piece on what IPS is doing. So this morning we'll talk about that. And then all this morning, I'm going to invite you to give your reaction right here on the show. on uh, if you think what IPS is doing is the right thing or the wrong thing, let me get you up to speed. If you have not heard, IPS is saying seven schools will close or merge and 39 others will change the grades they serve. This is an extensive shakeup of Indianapolis public schools. And of course, uh, as I said, this was just announced this past week at the states at Alicia Johnson's State of the District address on Tuesday. Uh, call me, 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. If you've already heard about it, uh, let me know what you've heard so far. If you haven't heard about it, keep listening. I've got the details right now. Amelia Pack Harvey from Chalkbeat writes, The plan, which still has to be approved by the school board sometime in late fall, overhauls the district struggling to compete with students with its charter schools and its neighboring township districts. The initiative changes the grade configuration of the vast majority of the district's run schools. It does not affect most of the innovation schools within IPS, largely run by the charter operators, which could opt to change their grade levels as well. The proposal doesn't directly affect independent charter schools. The majority of the district's changes will happen in 2024 and 2025 school year. That is, again, if this plan is approved. Let me read you some more of uh, this reporting from uh, Chalkbeat. If you want to read more about this, go to their website. Uh, the, the headline on the story is Find Out What Happens to Your School Under the IPS Rebuilding Stronger Plan. Um, the district's Rebuilding Stronger initiative uh, will increase high-quality programs, Um it will reconfigure several schools. A lot of IPS schools are K through six and K through eight and seven through eight. But the district will basically align itself with its neighbors and go to a K through five model for elementary and a six through eighth grade model for middle school. And of course, a nine through 12th grade model for high school. That is nothing new anywhere outside of IPS. All of the other school districts do something similar. I know in I, I know in Wayne Township, sixth grade is a part of uh, elementary, but the grouping is very similar to what uh, IPS's neighbors are doing. And it appears that this plan tries to put IPS more in line with its neighbors, because after all, all the school districts are actually uh, the same. This is 16 K through six and 17 K through eight schools will convert to just K through five schools. The district's four, seventh, and eighth grade buildings will then expand to include all six, seventh, and eighth graders. Um, no changes right now at the high school uh, level, but if you just take a look at what um, what IPS has, just by numbers, it's still a bit overbloated compared to its neighbors and the school districts. Um, that are a similar size. I pulled some numbers to compare, and we'll talk about that here uh, coming up. In the meantime, 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. Going to go to the phones here in a minute to get your reaction to IPS announcing that there will be some school closures, there will be some school mergers, and there will be some new schools, including Broad Ripple Middle School uh, being uh, launched inside of what we all know as Broad Ripple High school, of course, of course, that school closed a couple of years ago. Uh, and at one point, it even served grades 6 through 12. How Middle School, which is a part of how Community High School will then reopen. So how High School will turn into how Middle School. And, of course, there are two other elementaries that will also uh, shift as well. But this is also going to allow several schools to be knocked down and then to be rebuilt. And then you also have several um, of the enrollment uh, maps that have been reconfigured into just four districts within IPS. Again, that brings it closer to a lot of the other school districts here in Indianapolis. This, of course, will also affect some staff. Uh, the district is announcing a $10,000 retention bonus for affected people and a $12,000 retention bonus for principals who are impacted because, again, some of these people are going to lose their school and would therefore be displaced. But by another, in some cases, larger or newer school. 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. I don't know when the last time you've heard this much um, 
facility upgrading happening inside of IPS, but 16 schools will be getting facility upgrades or completely new buildings. Some of the examples will include uh, over at Riley Elementary, they'll go undergo changes as they will be adding a art program. Uh, two schools that will be getting completely new buildings. Buildings are supposed to be knocked down and restarted from the ground up, which means they would get the state-of-the-art latest schools like all of the neighboring districts that are building new schools. It is formerly closed school 69 and the new school 56. Those will house all K through five students that are coming uh, from uh, another nearby elementary school. So a lot happening at IPS, a drastic plan that will close some schools, that will reopen some formerly closed schools, that will create some schools that are uh, also brand spanking new. A lot of the time we talk about IPS in the past couple of years, it has been about closing schools and getting smaller. And if you've looked at the numbers, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, that's a school this size, they have way more schools than other schools that have the exact same amount of students who go to it and the exact same land area, if not larger. So a lot of folks are saying, um, yeah, it's time for IPS to line up with what it has and line up with where it should be. It's not the same district that it was 30, 40, and 50 years ago with enrollment almost getting right in the same area as its neighboring school districts. Again, we'll get into the numbers here in just a little bit, numbers that I've pulled and compared to the other school districts, but I want to hear from you this morning. So call me. I'm going to go to the phone lines right now. The phone lines are hot, 317-239-9696. Talking about IPS making some big changes. And this morning, I want your reaction. Is IPS going in the right direction? Let's start with the caller on line one. Caller, good morning. Hey, it's nothing new, Cameron. It's mostly desperate black women who are pulling the sun off, right? Because they, they're they desperate. I mean, you look at the situation here in Indianapolis. 96% illiteracy rate in our children. Who? What church is standing up and saying anything about it? The churches have their mouths shut because they've taken PEE money as a payoff, and Dr. Kane has got them under her heel, grinding on their heads. So, you know, all of our black people and our institutions have turned to extermination people. And they talk about the the, uh, the sororities and fraternities. They were a problem from the jump, right? All they're doing is, is just talking diversity and equity and so forth, getting unqualified people in these positions for a short time. And it, it's as if they're given permission for everything bad that's happening to black people. They're given permission, our politicians, example, Andrea Huntley, she's running for Senate, right? Now, what do any of those folks have to do with IPS and building schools? Because she's a a former principal at IPS, so certainly she knows their plan. All right. over on the state house steps. So what do you think of this plan, my friend? Well, it's it's, it's nothing new. They just want to close tech and make it a gated community. Mitch Daniels has opened the Polytechnical Institute over on Washington, right? So they're going to say that we already have that option open already, so we're going to close tech and sell it to some of our friends for a dollar. They spent over $200 million, Cameron, on the the, uh, tech campus. New windows, new roofing systems. Some of those copper roofs cost $10 million to put on, right? Because I got friends in the roofing business. All right. right? Now, what? So, now I haven't seen anything about tech in this particular the plan. They hadn't announced who they're going to close down. Okay. They're going to do it. So, you know, okay. for black people to sit around and be used and then flush down the toilet by white people and come to us with CRT, Lionel Rush was on spouting his mouth off yesterday. Well, we all right. I'm, gonna, I'm getting CRT. ready to let you go because you haven't told okay, me. I got one more thing. I 30 got one more thing. What? You know, Rosa Parks. All of set up, and she done that stunt to uh, stop uh, the the black bus services in the South from coming up. They were getting ready to come up and diversify and move on to from South Carolina, where they had their base, the nickel buses. But she she pulled her stunt and blew all that up. All That's right, Rosa Parks hasn't been around for a while, so I don't know why we have grievances for Rosa Parks here this morning. But uh, Rosa Parks, Larry is uh, thinking about you this morning. Three one seven two three nine ninety six ninety six. 317-239-9696, talking about IPS and their latest plan that will announce that could bring some school closures, 
some school mergers, some schools being reopened, and some schools being totally knocked down and built brand spanking new. Good or bad? What are your thoughts? 317-239-9696. Caller online, too. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, Cameron. How you doing this morning? I'm good, Paul. Good morning, sir. How are you? I am great. Uh, greetings to everybody. Uh, it, 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 for School 69, which is right there, 34th Keystone, are they going to reopen it, rebuild it, or what are they going to do? Uh, I feel like I feel like that number. Let me check this. Hang on. School 69, uh, I feel like, is in here somewhere. Let me see. Uh, school 69 uh, that is run by, it's a K-6 through school run by the charter school operator Kendenzi Academy. Uh, before closing this year, we'll reopen in a new building that will serve grades K through 5. So they will get a new building. Well, that's, that's great because I, I, I started out at school 69. And I would hate to see that school being gone out of the, out of the neighborhood. I mean, because I, I, obviously I used to walk to school. And uh, but, you know, Cameron, um, when we talk about these subjects, a lot of these decisions are already made in the 70s, in the 70s and 80s. Most of your high school graduates, they graduated with a, a with a, a grade score of D. If you attend high school back then, you were able to graduate just based on your attendance. But again, these decisions that are already been made and now they want us to put our input in it's kind of like it's kind of like when they waste money because they waste money all the time and when they make these decisions they make these decisions prior to uh, letting the public know what they're going to do so if whatever decision they make if they're not uh, reintroducing some of the things that we went to school with, like home economics, um, and I would like to see them to uh, uh, incorporate uh, teaching people about the law, teaching people about money, teaching people about banking, and these types of things, I could see them adding some stuff, but to tear these buildings down and, 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 um, and to put them back up to me, some of this is just a waste of money. Uh, that they that they're about to do, and I want to make and I want to say this last thing, Cameron. Mm -hmm. I I really would like to see uh, since we talked about mental health last week, I would like to see Larry go and get him some mental health because him attacking his own people uh, every week is ridiculous to me. He don't have no he has nothing positive to say, and every time somebody comes up, cause see my thing is to tear the system down. Period. And for somebody to come on the radio and just attack black people all the time is just absolutely insane to me. And I think he's the one that the psychiatrist. Well, so uh, that's my comment for today. Well, thank you, sir. And again, like I said, if we're not bringing nothing positive to this show, I would like to see people don't don't call if you don't have nothing positive to say. It's just ridiculous. All right. I appreciate you. And I know there are some folks who agree with you. Thank you, sir. All right, y'all have a great day. All right, you as well. 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. You just heard Paul, you know, feel that uh, that some of these decisions are already made without public input. Um, and even sometimes, you know, there could be public input, but maybe the decision's really already been made behind closed doors. But I do want to make clear that IPS is holding 12, count them, 12. That's a dozen, that's two half dozen meetings on this topic where they are uh, asking for public input to discuss this draft plan. Uh, each of these meetings will last 90 minutes. RSVPs are not required to attend. Again, all this information is on chalkbeat.org. This is fantastic reporting that's been coming from reporter Amelia Pack Harvey. So thank you to her uh, for this comprehensive report. If you got anything that you want to know about this, that's the website to go to, to be honest with you. Um, the very first meeting is actually tomorrow at 6 p.m. That is September 19th at Shepherd Community Center. That is at 4107 East Washington Street. Again, 4107 East Washington Street. This meeting is open to the public. It is for you to come and do what you're doing with me right now, giving your thoughts and opinion. It is at 6 p.m. That is at Shepherd Community Center. And then if that's too late for you, no worries. Come on your lunch break on September 21st, which is Wednesday. 
over at my church, New Era Church. That's at 517 West 30th Street. At noon, they will be having a public information session at noon on Wednesday. New Era Church at 517 West 30th Street. And if you can't go to any of those in person, no worries. On Thursday, they will be online at noon at myips.org. Then there's one on the 26th. There's another meeting on October 3rd. There's another meeting at noon on October 4th. A meeting at 6 p.m. the same day on October 4th. One of those, uh, the noon one there on October 4th, is just uh, will be delivered all in Spanish for all of IPS's uh, Spanish-speaking community. Then another meeting on October 5th. Another one on October 6th, October 8th, October 17th, October 19th. So, I know uh, folks always say, hey, these decisions are made without us having a chance to get input. There's not enough time to do it at the school board meeting. But I just gave you 12 opportunities, both in person and online, where IPS is wanting you to come say what you're saying right here on the radio. Your opinion, your thoughts, what you think. They are giving you a say, and they're giving you 12 opportunities to do it, some in the daytime, some at nighttime, some online. So we cannot say that IPS has not let people have a chance to speak on this because there is not even a vote scheduled on when this is going to happen. Right now, all of this is a proposal. And so I, just like IPS, want to know, what do you think? So let's keep going on the phones. Caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning. This good. is Alicia Bell. Can you hear me? I sure can. Loud and clear. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Um, I would like to touch base about uh, what's going on in IPS. Talk um, to me. I am one of those advocates for our community, and I'm also creating a lot of community programs, not only to help support the education system, because I agree with um, what most of the callers are saying. Um, if you look at the information that is released inside the IPS meetings, we will see that um, they're missing a lot of data. Um, they said that there were $3 million for IPS that was not allocated for and that they will be added to next year. Well, we need to know what happened this year and why those funds were not allocated for IPS because it's so um, hectic and there's so many different changes going on with IPS. We want to know what's going on. Um, I would also like to say that there are programs being created that do work. But um, we work with Stand for Children, and we would like to see more replication going on, more replication for schools that are excelling, and we want to bring those into our neighborhood. So what I've done is we're, we're advocating for that, but then we're also using the new skill plans, skill center plans that I've developed to make sure our kids have exactly what the other callers were saying, mental health uh, and abuse screening. We want to make sure that they basically rip the Band-Aid off of the issues that exist in these communities that they are not talking about. And I've created plans that need to be seen by IPS so we can partner and get these plans rolling for our community. The answers lie in the community with the people who are not making those high dollars to make the decisions for our communities. The, the, the answers lie in the people who are going through these situational, anticipated, and chronic emergency needs. They're not listening to us. They're going over us. So we have to figure out how we can input the community's visions together, which means we have to come together. We have to be the ones to get up and march. We want to know why all our old people used to read them papers. Reading is fundamental. We have to bring back these engagements again. There is so much broken. There is so much broken. We have to rip that Band-Aid off. We can't just jump way up here at the start and try to build back better without addressing the issues that really exist and are affecting our children in the communities, in our daily lives, within mental health, within financing. So I've developed these skill development centers for our kids. They're called MESIDCs. They're called My Expertise Inside Skill Development Centers, where our kids will be able to come around in these hubs and do these skills and learn who they are so we can bring back bartering so we don't have to keep worrying about, you know, um, Amazon and Walmart and all that. We have skills that are innate to us. We were born with them. But how else will we know what So let me ask you, have you talked with IPS about anything before? I sit at IPS board meetings. You go and zoom in that camera, you'll see me in that room. I've got up, I've done speeches for IPS. I've talked to them. They like the other caller said, they already know what they're doing is already pre organized and they want to come to the community after they've already made it to seem as if they want our opinion. No, it's a money grab. Just like you said, it's a money grab. 
Because if it wasn't a money grab, they would be more interested in what the community has to say. They're making too many decisions, and there's not enough time to take in what's going on. Technology is not a replacement for human interaction, and that's what we are seeing today. We have to find a way to reach out to the community and see if, what their responses are. Everything's going super fast, and we're getting left behind while bills are being passed and executive orders are being passed. This is not, it's not fair, but it's up to the people to stand up and do something about it. We have to find the people who have the voice to advocate for these communities to stand up and start doing it. Without that, we're going to forever be playing this a race game where $3 million just go up in the air and there's no accountability for it. And then you're facing bankruptcy. Yes, this is what IPS said in the last board meeting. How are we facing bankruptcy and there's $3 million unaccounted for? But then there's no way for us to ask questions about it right there on the spot. It doesn't make sense. It needed two or three minutes to speak about it's a food, a stuff going on. It takes more than three minutes to talk about. So this is it's a lot of stuff going on, and they're trying to put Band-Aids on issues that we need to take the Band-Aid off and start at the bottom to, com to complete our landscape, our housing restoration and construction, and our skilled development centers for these communities. That is the only thing that's going to hit all the issues that are going on that's affecting us with equity, with inclusion, with even retribution or some type of reparations. For, for God's sake, you're dealing with a whole indigenous ab aboriginal from North America. That's who we are. You're dealing with a lot of people out here who don't even know who we are. And we can't get nothing. And we keep getting labeled over and over and over again. When is it going to be enough? God knows that he's put it in all of us to do something. And the something is to turn off the TV, pack your book bag, get up, and come and get involved and open your mouth. So will you because, be at any of these 12 opportunities that IPS I'm, I'm has given? I've been at all of them, sir. I've okay. been at all of them. Okay. I'm going to continue to go to all of them. Why? Because I have a safe house. Dot org that needs financing, that needs bodies, that's going to stop our kids from getting lost in the system, that's going to make sure that they, ha they have independent living and residential living and respite care and mental health and screenings and abuse screenings. We've designed all of this. We just need the money. We're poor. We're black. We live in these communities, but we're the ones suffering. But guess what? We're the ones creating the things that need to be changed, that need to be looked at. So y'all need to talk to us. Figure out how y'all not walking the communities. Y'all not walking and seeing what we're seeing and what we're living in. Y'all going back to Dyson Fishers. Y'all going back to your homes and y'all $200,000 homes and $70,000 cars. We don't have that privilege. Not because we don't want it, because we don't have the foundation. The time is now to get the foundation correct. And if you take a look at the people who are passionate and advocate about what we're talking about, look at what's on paper and what we have to present, see how y'all can funnel some money this way, because there's no way in holy H-E-double-L, Opportunity Zone stop before the opportunity. Come on now. What's your name? My name is Alicia Bell. I'm a business consultant and an economic developer for here in Indianapolis. Alicia, Alicia excuse me. I'm, excuse me. Alicia Bell. Alicia Bell. <laughs> and you can read me, you can reach me at communitybeautyforall at gmail.com. And you can also go to my website. It's asafehouse.org. Alicia Bell, I appreciate you calling in. I appreciate your passion. And I appreciate that you pay attention to what is happening inside Sir, of our schools. It. I came from it. The IPS was me. IPS was my kids until I took them out. IPS is everybody that I know. You know, IPS is the foundation of like that. the first caller said, the second caller said, we grew up. Instead of tearing down that building and emptying it on 34th and Keystone, why don't we make a skill development center so our kids can have forward to a positive, sustainable future? Instead of sitting here tearing it down and hiding money, let's do something about it. Everybody wants to talk about it, but nobody's stepping up. All right. Everybody wants to talk about it. So let's, let's do something about it. I'm right. tired, I've been sitting quiet long enough. I'm tired of being quiet. If I sacrifice myself, I guess I'm going to have to give it. I'm tired of sitting quiet. I've been developing stuff for years, and now it's time to sit down and see if they want it. Let's see if they're going to do something since somebody's got an idea. All right. Keep in touch with us. Let us know what the response is. You have a blessed day, and everybody, let's get up. It's time to work. All right. Thank you, Miss Alicia Bell. Appreciate it. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. That's part, that is why I'm having this discussion on the show today, because I know there's a lot of passion for people, uh, from people, when it comes to education and particularly IPS. Let me share some numbers with you from, from what I've pulled. And IPS has a lot of schools. And 30, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, they needed them. Uh, they had schools in, in all the different neighborhoods. And most school districts, pretty much all of them, have moved away from uh, having ultra neighborhood schools to, you know, widening them out 
uh, a little bit to make the neighborhood a, a, a bit to have a bigger school, to have more people from that same neighborhood go to that school. So basically, in short, they're not building schools as small as they were, you know, 50 years ago. Um, with that said, just comparing IPS, I have talked to people who have long said um, IPS needs to line itself up with the way schools are today and its neighboring schools, uh, meaning the township districts, because in this part I've preached for for forever, um, IPS is no different from a township school. IPS is a township school. It would just be center township schools. The name is just IPS Indianapolis Public Schools because when they created, uh, when they made changes a year years ago, it was based then along the lines of Indianapolis back in the 1970s, back in 19, late 60s and 70s. But IPS is a township school. It's no different from Perry Township or Pike Township or Warren Township or uh, Center Grove or Carmel. Um, so let's get that out of our minds. But size-wise, IPS has about 22,000 students. They are the second largest school district in the state. Fort Wayne is the number one by size population school district in Indiana with 28,000. Again, 28,000 up in Fort Wayne, 22,000 at Indianapolis Public Schools, okay? That is the set that is the largest school district in Indianapolis. The second largest school district in Indianapolis is Perry Township, followed by with which has 16,000, almost 17,000 students, and then Wayne Township with 16,000, Lawrence Township with 15,000, Warren Township with 11,000, Pike Township with 10,000, Washington Township with 10,000, Franklin Township with 10,000. And Decatur Township with 6,000, Beach Grove 3,000, and Speedway just under 2,000. So, what school district is IPS in size and population most compared to? It would be Hamilton Southeastern, which has 21,000 students compared to IPS's 22,000. So, Hamilton Southeastern, a massive district in Hamilton County. Uh, Fishers, parts of Noblesville, and a sliver of Carmel um, has 1,000 students less than IPS. And with that said, I just compared the high schools. Uh, IPS has nine high schools. Hamilton Southeastern, which, again, has the about the exact same population and land-wise is massive, has two high schools. So some of the talk that you'll hear from people is that IPS has way too much Buildings, way too many buildings for its size. This is a conversation I was having with somebody who used to work at the uh, Indiana State Department of Education uh, and said uh, IPS is just too big and they need to continue to shrink down and get in line with other schools of its size. So, uh, you know, IPS currently has nine high schools. This is just from a person that I was talking to who's not associated with IPS but is deep in education and worked at the state a couple years ago said, hey, IPS uh, could w- could shrink down to four schools, four high schools, and they would still be in line with its neighboring schools. Again, compare that to Hamilton Southeastern that has two high schools. Compare that to Perry Township Schools, which is the very next uh, school of size in Indianapolis, has two high schools. Uh, and then you drop down to Wayne Township, which is Ben Davis High School, and you've got one massive high school. Um, And so that is part of the conversation numbers wise that I was having again with somebody who was, who was in the know uh, from the state of Indiana was like, Hey, if this is, if I was in charge of IPS, this is what I would do. It would, it wouldn't be popular. Uh, But because as you've heard from the callers, people don't like the thought of having to close schools that have been in their neighborhood for one reason or another, but on paper, and this is not, I don't know that this, if this is what uh, Alicia Johnson is looking at uh, this is just numbers that I was that I got from a conversation that I was talking to with somebody from who's in the know. But they were saying this is why IPS has to close schools and why they have to uh, make these drastic changes because size wise and building wise, it is quite frankly sad to say is not in line with what the district needs. And 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 Alicia Johnson has said that in some part that we've got to have the buildings. And the, st- uh, 
and we have to have, we can't be spending more than what we can afford. And so if you know you can't have the same amount of buildings that you had when you had a population of uh, 35 and 40,000, 50,000 students as you do when you have 20,000 students. When districts the same size of you, size as you has districts the size same size and has a quarter of the buildings you have. So that's why it's time some folks will tell you it's time to rebuild schools. It's time to close some schools, knock them down, and bring them up to speed for what they need to be for 2022 and not 1972 or 62, because that's when some of these buildings were built last in the first place or last touch or last seen an upgrade that was significant. So I just wanted to provide you some numbers from part of why folks are saying, hey, it's time to shrink down and get in line to where we should be for a school of our size in 2022. Again, that's not from Alicia Johnson. That's from somebody who was in the know uh, from the state. Just a conversation that I was having because, you know, I know some folks. Uh, so what do you think? 317-239-9696. We're talking this morning about IPS's Rebuilding Stronger Plan, uh, which causes calls for closing some schools, opening, re- reopening previously closed schools, but also building completely New schools. And again, I don't know when the last time you heard of an IPS school getting a brand spanking uh, new building. A lot of the times we have this conversation about IPS closing schools. But this morning we've got mergers. We've got brand new schools and schools reopening. But, yes, there are a couple of schools that would close. And those schools were picked uh, based on the reporting that I'm getting from Chalkbeat um, because of how old the buildings were, the condition the building was in, as well as the enrollment in the schools. Uh, So, I know, uh, as Paul was saying, you know, you'd hate to see, uh, I think it was School 69 closed, but apparently that's probably one of the schools that has low enrollment and the building itself is in very bad shape. 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. Let's go back to the phones to talk to you. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, good morning, Cameron. <clears throat> good morning. Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. Good morning. How you doing? Yeah, good morning. How you doing? I'm good. Uh, Talk I'm to me. All these callers, and uh, and that's good that you uh, said all them dates and where people need to, to go to these gates. These dates, these dates are very important. What you what you put out there. Um, but I'm gonna help somebody out. Uh huh. When you when we put out dates, people in Indianapolis. You make sure you go to these dates. What the radio put or the TV put and 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 put your input. Don't don't be laying on the couch. Don't lay in the bed. Don't be uh uh saying I don't know what to do. Don't say uh, I don't know where these places at, but if you, the real thing is, if 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 your child go to these schools, go to these meetings, and and put your input, one person can go to the meeting and put their input. It takes the village. You, uh, we want to know. We want. We want the people to to attend to these meetings at these different locations. If if you want to sit on the couch, lay up in the bed, that means you're not helping the community. They just why they're gonna pass. They're gonna keep on passing these bills. Hello, life. They're going to keep on passing these bills because we're getting, too, we're getting too comfortable at the house or whatever we're doing. When we see something, we don't, we vote out that we, 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 wish, we don't, we don't try to do nothing. And, and, and we got jobs out here need to be filled. These jobs is not going to come to you. You got to get up off of your uh-huh and get these jobs. If you want to make 
if you want to go to work, you get up off that bed. You All get right. up off that couch All and right. carry yourself to these interviews. All right. I appreciate and, you. And see, and, and, and quit so being so so uh, jealous of somebody. All right. I appreciate quit being you. so hateful somebody. You know what to do. You grow. You get up off of that couch. You get up off of that bed. I'm disabled. I got a job. And I do it so well. Eli won't shop out. God done blessed me to help somebody who don't understand. Quit saying you went to school. All right. That if you need to be and and, and people hold up signs saying Reverend Phillips, I gotta go. Homeless, please help me. Get up off of that couch, get up off that bed, and go to get go to work. All right, Reverend Phillips, I appreciate what you're saying. I got to go for time. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. 317-239-9696. Caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Same thing every week, Cameron. Just tell people to read Article 8, and it says. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Hi, my name is Alicia. Hi, Alicia. You're live on the air. The uh, Another Alicia. Go ahead. Okay, so I have worked in several locations under charter schools that are housed in IPS buildings. Mm -hmm. So the first one I worked in, I was a building sub. These, it's really not even about IPS, it's about the kids. Like these kids feel failed. I literally was a building sub. I substituted a algebra two geometry class for a month and a half because the teacher just packed her stuff and walked out. These kids don't feel like they have the support of the educators that are supposed to be teaching the thing, so they don't come. So when they don't come, there's no grant money that gets funneled to these schools because that goes based on their attendance. Correct. So they're not getting money to keep these schools open, but you expect IPS to provide the buses, the technology, and the building. When I know for a fact that the charter school that I worked for at that time was only paying IPS a dollar a month for that building. IPS doesn't, that doesn't help them. And then the kids are crammed on buses. We have four buses for grades 7 through 12. And there was a daycare attached to that building as well. So when IPS decided, like, what's in the deal? Like, it's, it's costing us more to keep this building open than it is for, than it is that we're getting back to be able to feed the children and be able to pay the teachers. And that money has to trickle down. It has to come from somewhere. Let me and ask you from, don't have it. since you've been in these buildings, um, I know people are attached to these buildings. That's where I went to school and, and whatnot. But from being inside, what's the condition of these buildings you've been in? To be honest with you, plumbing is terrible. Um, the things that they're just doing, it's like they're putting a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound. Like, there's not much that you can do. These buildings are old. For them to fix it, it's going to have to close it. For them to fix it, if you want it to be up to par then to where it looks like a Pike Township school or a Lawrence Township school or Warren Township school to where they have the same affordability and the same things that, they, that you want your kids to have, they, they're going to have to close it to upgrade that. Like, these buildings are so old. They're very outdated. We've had plumbing issues and all type of stuff. Like, you can walk through there and smell bullet eggs at any time. You really don't even know where it's coming from. you like, is it gas? Is it is it the plumbing? Like, what is it? And then they have to pay these people. Like, I know for a fact that one of them that I was close with makes like $22 an hour, and he jumps around from school to school fixing things. They have to be able to afford to pay him. And it's literally like all you just have to do is just fix it for now, and it's old for a couple of months, and then we're back where we started. So, I mean, and then, like, the school that I started at, because I worked in education for three years in IPS locations, mm -hmm. the first school I started, they have smart boards. They have enough computers and iPads and, and technology in this building to be able to, to give the kids the kind of education that they need with moving forward with the way technology and education is going, but there's no teachers. Because like, I don't have a teaching license whatsoever. I taught an algebra two and geometry class for a month and a half before I was able to actually recommend somebody that would be good in that position. I was then moved to a, to a, a junior-senior English class, which I stayed in for the next three months because that teacher walked out. Like, we're, like teachers are dropping like flies, and then the, teach, the kids are feeling like, oh, I got a teacher that cares, and then you leave. So now they've lost the will or the motivation to even show any effort. So they just simply don't come. And be like, well, we ain't going to learn nothing no way. 
Well, I remember being in that senior English class, and I reached back to my own senior English teacher at Pike High School, where I graduated from. And I asked her, I said, hey, we're reading this book. And I remember reading this in your class. She sent me her lesson plan. Do you know how excited those kids got that they were actually going to be doing projects and having to read a book to do a book report? They were excited for stuff like that. And then they replaced me in that class and shut all of that down once they found out that that's what I was doing for them. I'm so glad that you called, Alicia, because... I'm I'm so glad that you called because we don't hear this um, this side too often, um, hardly ever from people who actually work inside these buildings. I I know I I mean when you talk when you say we're gonna close the school, people get uh, they get outraged about oh, I went to that school 30 years ago and that's always been in this neighborhood, but. And I get that because people have like this emotional attachment because that's kind of that was a major part mm -hmm. of your life, a major part of your molding and your upbringing. And I get that. But when you don't have enough kids in these neighborhoods to fill these schools, like let's be for real, these kids are not going to school. They telling mama and daddy, yeah, I'm going at those home. They're like these parents are at work at six, seven o'clock in the morning. School starts at seven thirty. They're not coming. I'm glad to hear right. your perspective, it's, Alicia. I really am. I'm it's, just. It's just simply that. And it's like even the charter school I recently worked for, I worked for them for two years. Yeah, we, we would literally see students gone for like two weeks at a time and then pop back up. And that was after the school that had to call DCS because this child is not coming. And then, that, and then it, it sucks because that's what you have to do to get these kids into the school. But those attendance numbers matter. And a lot now, people who have lived in these neighborhoods surrounding these schools that have been there for 30, 40, and 50 years because that's where they grew up, that's where they're comfortable, that's where their homes are. And there are not children in those homes. So most of your kids end up going to Warren, Lawrence, Pike, and all of these other surrounding townships because that's where their family goes. So that's where they feel they'll be comfortable or they feel like they'll get a better education because IPS just simply doesn't have the teaching power for it or a lot of parents don't understand the charter school structure, and it, it's a lot of educating that needs to go on, but it really boils down to there's just not enough kids to fill those schools. So we either have to close them to put all the kids in one school so that way we have enough grant money and things coming in to be able to keep these kids in school and keep these schools open, or you're just going to have to tough it out and let them tear it down and rebuild it to be a physically better school to where we are having to call technicians and janitors every two weeks. I'm glad you called, Alicia. This is the best conversation I've had about what's been going on for somebody who's actually seen it that I've heard in a long time. Thank you so much for calling in, but also thank you for what you do, because I know firsthand these kids are tough. It, is, it truly <laughs> is, and I have a lot of friends left in education, and I commend them. I love them. They continue to love on these babies when they are there, and, they, and a lot of them actually care about these kids' like home life. And a lot of these children don't have that now because mom and dad are simply not because they don't care, but they're working to survive and keep these kids in clothes and keep them fed. And it, it's hard, but it takes a village, and that village is part of like your school is part of your village. Yeah. But something has to be done about it to actually have it be a supportive part of your village. Thank you so much. Let me. I got to jump to another call because we're out of time. But thank you again so much for calling. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. All right. 317-239-9696. Getting down to the end of the show. Caller, we haven't taken a commercial break this hour, so we'll be wrapping up a little earlier uh, than normal. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? <clears throat> Good morning, Cameron. And uh, thanks for my call, brother. And what's up here? I got a little horse in here from coaching. Uh, my little sports leagues coaching yesterday. Uh, when you're trying to help these children, you know, you you give them all, and, and I just heard a person previous caller talking about giving them all, and and she's right. For the most part, the children feel like that they're not cared for. I know we always bad mouthing them, and everyone want to mm -hmm. call them this and that. And care if you can. The children latch on. I know I've been coaching ten years. I got eight, nine year olds right now, 
And if you show them interest, if you latch on to them, and they're not going to be perfect. What brain is at 8, 9, 10, 12 years old? Human brain is not developed to 25. Judge Mathis say give him to about, even with his own children. This is the judge, y'all. This is the guy worth $50, $60 million, got his own, been on TV 22 years, said about a couple months ago that he gave even his children to about 27 before they finally figured it out. I got a couple minutes left. What okay, real fast, real fast, real fast. And the fact that remains is it's all about dollars. It's all it's a money. Everything's about it's a money grab in this country. Brett Favre just stole two one two million dollars from the welfare department to get a volleyball field made. So people, when you look at it, it's a money grab. It's a theft grab. That's all it is out here. For the most do part, do you think that this that IPS needs to do what they're doing and close some schools, reopen some schools, and build some new schools? I think they need to close down a lot of those old schools, maybe build and consolidate some new schools. But I think a lot, which this is the numbers that's going on, no one wants to talk about it, after pre-COVID and post-COVID, homeschooling amongst black Latinos have jumped 35 to 40 percent. Black people are getting their children. They're educating care. you got digital learning. you got digital schools. Black people have found other alternatives, and 95% of children that are homeschooled go to college. So black people have found alternatives, and they're doing them. Trust me, the research right. is there. Thanks, Thank sir. Thank you for taking my call. All right, we're going to take one more call and wrap up. Caller on line three. Good morning. You're live on Open Line. Hello? Hi. Hi, turn your radio down for me. You got, we, you got just about a minute. We got to go. I got just about a minute. So I am an educator. I am the mother of, of a 12-year-old who was drugged just a couple weeks in Lawrence Township. And so because I'm an educator, I am for the children. I am for the educators that are in the school. And I just to piggyback off of Aisha or the lady that just spoke, mm-hmm. when you talk about the parents who have to go to work, well, we have a different generation of parents. We have parents who are for themselves and not their kids. Their kids can stay at home. Their kids can stay in the bed on Zoom calls. I've witnessed this. I've worked in the classrooms. I've worked with kids. I've seen kids in the bed on Zoom calls. And so this generation of uh, parents and children are a different generation. Our parents were able to walk us to the bus stop. Our parents were able to make sure we got on the bus and went to school um, every day. But these parents, they're just, it is all about the money. It's all about School is more political nowadays. It's all about the money for schools. It's all about the money for the parents. And so the, the people that suffer the most is the children. The children. I appreciate the call. Thank you so much. Thank you for what you yeah. do. Yeah, bye-bye. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Open Lines with Cameron Riddle. Uh, we've had a good conversation about IPS, and if you just look at the numbers, these are things that they've got to do. I mean, man, we heard great stuff from um, – somebody who's been inside a classroom and seeing what these buildings are like, seeing what these buildings that a lot of people are begging that you keep open, that inside they're not up to par. And it's actually, you're doing them a disservice by forcing kids to go to those schools is what I heard from her. Why should they have to go to a school that quite frankly might be a dump and they could go down the street to a school in Pike Township that's only a couple of years old. That's what she said from inside one of these IPS schools that she says is in disrepair. The kids won't show up. And if you don't show up, you don't get the attendance money. If you don't have the attendance money, you can't afford the building. This is part of why IPS has unveiled their rebuilding together plan, which IPS is giving you 12 opportunities to come and talk about uh, and give your opinion on. 12 opportunities. The first one is tomorrow at 6 o'clock at Shepherd Community Center. That's 4107 East Washington Street. And then on the 21st at New Era Church. That's my church. 517 West 30th Street. And then online on IP, myips.org at noon. That's the first three of 12. We'll talk more about it right here on Open Lines with Cameron Riddle. I appreciate you joining in. We'll be back here same time, same stations next Sunday, live at 8.